What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we continue our season preview series. As today, we're talking Auburn Tigers with Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. We're talking all about Peyton Thorne and what Hugh Freeze is bringing in year one on the Plains. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. here a lot on sec and one of our favorite segments uh always on the locked on is catching up with our buddy zach blackerby host of the locked on auburn podcast and we're doing our little season preview going around the conference and catching up with different hosts to preview their teams and so zach auburn is up today how are we feeling about auburn looking ahead to 2023 I think Auburn's got the chance to to surprise some people just because it's so hard to evaluate a roster that's got different scheme, different coaching staffs, a fairly older roster. Oh, oh yeah, and there's uh, over 40 players on this team that were not on the team 365 days ago. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to evaluate what exactly the Auburn Tigers could be this fall. It is. Um, it, it's crazy to look ahead at you know, at this roster compared to where it was a year ago under Brian Harson, and just yeah. how much different it is. I mean, uh, I remember watching Auburn's spring game, and though we didn't see a whole lot, I was looking down my roster sheet going, okay, who's 66, who's 53? I mean, it was all these new numbers. So yeah. um, it, it, sometimes people would view that as a bad thing where you have a big roster overhaul, but you can't help but think this is a good thing of Hugh Free stepping in and going from day one, this roster is not good enough to compete. We got to make some changes. Yeah, I mean, especially when the roster was the big issue, you know, like like you just said, and Hugh Freeze knew that as soon as he took the job, and so before he even took the podium for his opening press conference, he was trying to fix that. He was on the phone with you know lead targets, you know, with Jeremiah Cobb, and then would later flip seven guys to end up that class, and three of those freshmen that he flipped may all be starting: Keldrick Falk, Kay and Lee, and then Connor Liu. All of those guys were committed to you know Ohio State, Florida State, and Miami. So. um he went out and did it through the portal. He went out and did it through recruiting. And you, you mentioned a few of those numbers. Who are these numbers? You mentioned all offensive line numbers. And that's exactly what the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team is. He went out and got three guys via the transfer portal. Uh, Dylan Wade from Tulsa, who will start at left tackle. We saw him exclusively at left tackle in the spring. Same with center Avery Jones from Eastern Carolina. And then the right tackle, Gunnar Britton, who was a left tackle last year at Western Kentucky, but he's going to be a right tackle this year for the Auburn Tigers. And then in the second transfer window, he went back to Tulsa, which is where new offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery was a head coach of last year, and they added Jaden Muskrat, who played tackle there, but he'll probably be Auburn's backup tackle, and he's got a chance to compete for one of the starting guard spots. But that, to me, Gordy, was the biggest, one of the biggest issues with the roster a year ago was the offensive line. And all of a sudden now, you know, there's some assumption that it all just kind of comes together, but all of a sudden now it's uh, it's it's become a strength for sure. Let's talk a little bit about the receivers. We'll get to quarterback in a second, but receivers. That was kind of the big question with, with Auburn last year was, who's the playmaker? I mean, you were kind of looking yeah. around. I mean, you know, you had Javarius Johnson, you had Coy Moore, you had some of these pieces, but who's the go-to guy? Man, did they add some guys and add them very quickly in a lot of these guys coming in through the transfer portal? 
Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think Camden Brown is a guy that a lot of people are expecting. We heard nothing but great things about him in the fall, and then they didn't really use him once the season started. So I think Camden Brown's a guy that a lot of people are expecting to be the number one option in this passing attack. But they went out and got Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter in the most recent portal, Jair Shorter from North Texas, uh, Shane Hooks from Jackson State. He was previously at Miami uh, before that. And they added Nick Mardner, a big body wide receiver from Cincinnati uh, in the first transfer portal window back in December. And I think all of these guys, you can kind of make the argument for, they're all kind of typical Hugh Freeze type wide receivers. You, know, you think Laquan Treadwell at Ole Miss or A.J. Brown, these bigger dudes. Uh, and then they also got the guy that, you know, may kind of do his best Evan Ingram impersonation, what we saw uh, in that Hugh Freeze offense at Ole Miss with Rivaldo Fairweather, another transfer. Stop me great, if you heard that before in great, this conversation. Great name, by the way, Rivaldo Fairweather. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and he's huge too. So luckily Fairweather will fit on the back of his jersey because his shoulders are so broad. But, you know, just a, a big-bodied, long, athletic tight end that could be involved in the passing game and the running game. So there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like about these offensive transfers for sure. Let's talk about the backfield. Um you know, off the field issues, notwithstanding with Jarquez Hunter, we haven't heard much more on those rumors from a few weeks ago and punishment and all that. But let's just assume he's ready to go for the start of the season. Okay. Uh, I love what I saw out of some of those guys in the spring game. I mean, Damari Alston and Sean Jackson. I mean, uh, I know it was raining and they kind of had to run the football, but it looks like this could be a very strong run team, even with the loss of Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I mean, I think Jarquez Hunter has a ridiculous amount of pop. There's no question about it. And look, I mean, circling back to the offensive line, we all know we all know how crucial the offensive line is for being able to have a successful offense, whether you're passing it or running it, especially if you're running it. There's only so much you can do scheme-wise if you have poor run blockers in front of you. But you're right. I mean, we saw flashes of Damari Austin. And in fact, you know, when Hugh Freeze got here, he went out and got Brian Batty, who is kind of a, a quicker running back from South Florida, also one of the best return guys in college football a year ago. They went out to get him but because I don't think Hugh Freeze realized how good Damari Austin was. So as soon as A-Day was over and Auburn Spring was over, Damari Austin was a guy that Hugh Freeze was giving a lot of love to. I think, Gordy, they didn't want Damari Austin to transfer. That's just, just me reading between the lines. I think he was publicly recruiting Damari Austin to not enter the transfer portal, which makes sense. You want Damari Austin on your team. So... We're not even mentioning the running back that may have the highest ceiling of all of these guys. And that's Jeremiah Cobb, who is now uh, he's now on campus. He did not go through spring. He was not an early enrollee, but he is now on campus and uh, is, is on the Auburn football team officially going through summer drills. So he's certainly got to watch, too. He's certainly got to watch, too. So there's four or five running backs that Auburn feels good about giving the ball to. Let's get to the quarterback because it's the headliner of the offseason. Peyton Thorne coming in. Peyton does Auburn have a new quarterback? <laughs> uh, yeah, and you caught up with him a couple weeks ago on Locked on yeah. Auburn. We we had a portion of it here on our show, and certainly a guy that when you hear him talk, if you're an Auburn fan, you can't not get excited about what Peyton Thorne is going to bring in. I think where we are now is we know it will provide stability for Auburn, but how good can he be coming in with a new playbook and all that? We know the Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery system is going to be very quarterback friendly and ask yeah. the quarterback to do a lot. But man, the quarterback can look really good, as we saw with Malik Willis and, of course, all those old Miss quarterbacks that uh, Hugh Freeze had. Um, if I pose it this way, Zach, if all goes well for Peyton Thorne, he will be the best Auburn quarterback since who? Uh, Stidham. 
Still, Jared Stidham okay. in 17, his 17th season. I think there's some... I did a show on this, and it ruffled some feathers, but I don't know how you can argue against it. So when Peyton Thorne entered the portal, and he was instantly linked to Auburn, right? And his first season as a starter was exceptional. Won 11 games at Michigan State. His second year, it was a lot worse. The offensive line was a lot worse. The play calling looked a lot more vanilla, whatever. Big difference as far as just the eye test and stats. And so a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, he didn't get better as a quarterback, yada, yada, yada. And you turn on the film, and it's like, this guy's a solid passer. It's like, he didn't just get dra- you know, dramatically worse from year to year. But it's interesting, if you look at his stats, even from his worst season at Michigan State, he'll have a top 10 season in Auburn. Like, if he, if he replicates the exact same thing from a passing yard and statistical output type season, it'll be a top 10 passing season in Auburn history. And so I think that'll certainly happen, especially with the, uh, with the revamped offensive line, with wide receivers that we think will be better, Gordy. You only need one or two of these guys to really step up for everything else to kind of fall into place. I've said this for years. Auburn has had a bunch of number two and number three receivers without having that number one guy. They only need one guy to step up, and I think everything else kind of falls into place. And I think with Payne Thorne's accuracy and his leadership, they can certainly do that. So I would say he has a chance to be the best quarterback at Auburn since Jarrett Stenham. And if, you're, if he can – Take a step forward and help with that. Um, maybe the best quarterback since Dick Marshall in, in uh, 2013 and 2014. Yeah, I was hoping you would say best quarterback since Barrett Trotter, but uh, nonetheless, let's hope he's better than that. Uh, more with Zach Blackerby here in just a sec. This episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no place better to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now new customers can get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. Again, don't miss your chance in that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join fanduel, go to fanduel.com slash locked on sign up. Now it is fanduel. They are the official partner of major league baseball. And uh, by the way, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, roll along here. Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. And of course, shout out to our everydayers checking us out every day right here on Locked on SEC, covering your teams every day. All right, Zach Blackerby from Locked on Auburn is joining us. And Zach, we already talked about the offense. I want to shift to the defense a little bit. And again, a lot of new names here, except in the secondary. There's a lot of guys with familiar names back in the secondary. So let's start there. Uh, what do we like about this Auburn secondary and Is this the strength of the Auburn defense this year? Uh, It's the strength of the team, Gordy. And this is the most overlooked unit in the SEC when you look at Auburn's cornerbacks room. You know, it's magazine season as we sit here and have this discussion. And, you know, every magazine has their top 10 defensive backs, top 10 offensive line room. You're not seeing Auburn's DBs or corners listed anywhere. And I think it's disrespectful and I think it's shameful. I mean, they are bringing in two guys that the Senior Bowl really, really wanted last year with DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett coming back, and, and I think with the addition of Kayan Lee, who I think is going to be one of the best freshman corners in all of college football, he was nothing short of exceptional this past spring. Those three guys, as Auburn's corners, are going to be very, very special. And then bring in Keontae Scott, who was the number one Juco corner in the class last year, who was exceptional when he wasn't shaken up by injury a year ago. So Auburn's cornerback room, I think, Gordy, is the most 
underrated in the in the conference and I think has a chance to be the best in the SEC when it's all said and done. Now, will that show on stat sheets? I'm not sure because I'm a little concerned with the pass rush, if I'm being honest with you, and it's just doesn't matter how, how good you are. You can't consistently cover for six seconds every time you have to drop back and cover somebody. So we'll see how that kind of plays out from a production standpoint. But as far as ability and talent, Auburn's corners, I, I mean, I don't think they're I don't think there's any room that's like significantly better than them anywhere. Let's uh, go to the middle, the linebackers. So uh, see what Ron Roberts uh, does with this group. But it looks like a lot of new names as well, some transfers in that mix. Um, I've seen some projected depth charts and some lists. All three new linebackers there, uh, all transfers starting there. How do you see that group shaping up? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it kind of looked like Austin Keys, the former Ole Miss linebacker, was kind of the first guy in, and then the second guy was constantly rotating. Sometimes it was Wesley Steiner. Sometimes it was LSU transfer, Demario Tolan. Uh, sometimes it was, you know, uh, Robert Woodyard, who was committed to Alabama, then flipped on signing day to Auburn. So, I mean, there's a different kind of host of guys. Eugene Asante, the former North Carolina linebacker, had a good second half of spring. And then they go out in the second portal period and go out and they get Larry Nixon uh, from North Texas, the same day Jair Shorter transferred from North Texas to Auburn as well. So North Texas is kind of a nice little farm team. It's been kind of formed for Auburn, which is fun. But, you know, I, I think all these guys, you can make the argument for them to get substantial reps. And, and I think you're going to see a deeper rotation at linebacker than you have at, uh, before at Auburn because normally there's been like one solid dude and then another guy that kind of emerges, you know, all really going all the way back to Deshaun Davis and I think I was 2015 or 2016. So they've had a good run of number one linebackers. There's a chance Austin Keys is that guy, but I think there's going to be kind of a more of a linebacker by committee type situation. Yeah, KJ Britt, all these guys who've just been mm-hmm. uh, stalwarts at that linebacker yeah, spot. Yeah, Kobe McLean, Owen Papo. I mean, they've had it. They've had a nice little run. Yeah. Uh, all right, defensive line. Again, a lot of new names. The one name I remember hearing all throughout the spring was Keldrick Falk. Um, yeah. What do you What do you like about this group? Where do they need to improve? Well, first off, you know, uh, Jason Jones comes on my show all the time. So love Auburn defensive tackle Jason Jones. He's going to be a leader on this team, the former Oregon product. Um, you know, he, he's gotten lost some weight. He's working on his pass rushing. So that's going to be fun to see. Marcus Harris um, had an exceptional year last year. I kind of expect him to take that step that Colby Wooden did a year ago. Is now with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but, yeah, Keltrick Falk is it, man. I mean, this is a guy that generated a lot of excitement for Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff when he flipped from Florida State to Auburn on signing day. And he's a guy that doesn't look like a freshman, Gordy, despite being a freshman during his first spring here. And just talking to some of his teammates – uh, Jason Jones said it on my show a few weeks ago, Gordy, when I asked about Kudrick Falk, and he said the he realizes at such a young age, he realizes the only thing that can keep him from the NFL is himself. And so he's already kind of applying that professional approach as an 18-year-old. Sometimes it takes kids a little bit to realize, like, oh, I can make a lot of money and have my life set up for forever for me and my family. He gets it pretty early on. Uh, and the biggest thing to him, I mean, he was playing like two-way high school football at Highland Home. You ever been to Highland Home, Gordy? Because I sure have not. (laughs) I imagine most people haven't. And so what does that transition look like from two-way to the SEC? Um, We saw him really perform well at some All-American games. And so that kind of alleviated those uh, concerns a little bit. But what he did in spring was exceptional. They moved him from that Jack linebacker to more of a traditional defensive end, 
which may help him as well, that he keeps gaining weight, good weight. And so um, they're going to find ways to keep him on the field as much as possible. All right. We've previewed the entire team. I guess special teams, how do we feel? Are we confident in the kicker? Are we confident in the punter? Where are we? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing both of them kind of pop up on preseason lists. So there's something in the water at Auburn. Kickers at Auburn are just good. This is how it works. So, Alex McPherson, um, is that who's going to be the starter? Yep, yep. Okay. He was the number one kicker in the recruiting class two years ago. It's going to be a little weird, though. I mean, we've had a kicker uh, with the last name Carlson, Carlson for like yeah. the last decade, it feels <laughs> like. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a nice uh, change of pace, I think. You know, he came in after Andres was hurt and was nailing 50 yarders like it was nothing. So I think I think special teams will be fine. All right, moment of truth as we look to the schedule. Ooh, uh, okay. what, is, uh, what is a realistic record? What's the optimist Zach Blackerby say? And what's the pessimist Zach Blackerby say? Kind of give us a whole spectrum of how the schedule shakes up in your mind. Yeah, I think seven and five and eight and four are the most likely two scenarios. I think... You know, if I'm booging and I'm going to be optimistic as possible, I'm saying nine and three. But I, I just a lot of things would have to go the right way for that. I think pessimistic says six and six, and like you just don't figure out the quarterback situation. The offense isn't quite there. Maybe you have one or two too many injuries on you know as certain key positions like offensive line or defensive back or something like that. But I, I just think when you look at it, like your toss up games. You go to Cal, which has now become a toss-up game. I think Auburn wins that game, but a lot of people are saying that they're going to struggle, so we'll see. We'll see. So you go to Cal, you go to A&M. Like, if you can take care of those, all of a sudden you start 4-0, and and then you host Georgia, and we'll see. Weird things happen in Jordan-Hare Stadium when the fan base is excited. And then you host Ole Miss and Mississippi State at home. Like, surely you're not going to lose both of those. I think you split those. I don't know which one you win, but I think Auburn's going to treat that Ole Miss game like it's a Super Bowl with all the storylines and things that happen between Link Kiffin and Hugh Freeze and all that. I think that's going to be a big one. And then you go to Arkansas, and, and you go to Vandy. And I think both of those games are winnable. And so if everything kind of falls in place, I mean, I don't think 8-4 and four or 7-5 and five is crazy. Yeah, if I'm being optimistic, or, or, or let's just say realistic, I could easily see where Auburn loses four in a row at A&M, home against Georgia, at LSU, home against Ole Miss. But then I could see them bouncing back and winning four in a row, uh, beating Mississippi State, winning at Vandy, winning at Arkansas, beating New Mexico State, and then the Iron Bowl kind of, you know, up in the air. So I'm maybe more on the seven-win total there for for Auburn. Um, Again, if you're you're being completely pessimistic, yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe – even if Peyton Thorne is the guy, maybe the defense just has some lapses where they give up, you know, they get exposed a couple times in the secondary or something like that. I don't know, but I do like how the schedule sets up. I mean, Me I too. think it's, you know, it's you get a nice little buildup with UMass and California and Sanford to get, you know, a good road test early before you get mm-hmm. into the thick of it. Right, right. And look, the Iron Bowl's at home with, with uh, first-year Auburn head coaches. I mean, that's that's worked <laughs> out well for the Tigers the past few runs, we'll see if it works out this time. And, and you know, there's Hugh, been a lot of people right in Alabama off. I'm not quite ready to do that. Hugh, Hugh kind of has Saban's number, right? I mean, a little bit, right? So we'll sure we'll see. Uh, one last thing for you, Zach, on our Auburn preview. I, I meant to ask you when we we're talking quarterbacks, but is there a role for Robbie Ashford on this offense? Will we see him? Yeah, I, I think so. I think absolutely. Um, I think Robbie's biggest thing isn't like execution. I think it's leadership and like being quarterback, like off of the field and kind of being a leader. Um, I mean, your pass catchers quote tweeting other quarterbacks when they announce they've entered the portal 
saying to come here, like that's just not a good look. Like I don't think you have the locker room. But should Robbie get the ball to run two or three times a game? Like, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a dynamic athlete. You saw what he did against Alabama last year. I mean, that was pretty electric performance on the ground. So, uh, yeah, I think there is a role for Robbie Ashford. Absolutely. He is Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. Uh, Zach, appreciate the time as always, man. Let everybody know where they can find your stuff. Locked on Auburn, available wherever you get your podcast and uh, on YouTube, Gordy. Simple as that. He's Zach Blackerby. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Of course, uh, keep it locked right here, locked on SEC every day as we're talking all things SEC, counting you down to the next uh, football season. Of course, we'll have some coverage from SEC Media Days very soon as well. And again, shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back every day. Zach Blackerby for Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC, talking all things SEC football.